This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Gooners. We're back again with you guys for another show, an episode of our DT podcast, our weekly show, in which we look back over the week's events involving Arsenal, specifically the most recent game in which Arsenal picked up their second successive win of the season with a 1 0 victory away at Turf Moor. I'm joined today by a couple of regs and one brand new guest as well. First of all, I just realised we're all wearing hat wear. <laughs> beautiful top. The only yeah. one that's cool enough to wear it backwards, though, Sophie. How you doing? Good. Sophie's ripping it, mate. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Tom. No, yeah, I think no. you guys look fabulous. I mean, Mike, you know, he always has to kind of, you know, do the alternative. Bring it down. And, uh, yeah. Just don't bring out that pipe whatever you do oh don't bring out that pipe <laughs> oh, oh my. Blue this podcast gonna go already oh tom you'll regret this <laughs> and i've got the perfect person for that speaking of which mike how you doing mate are you well oh, i'm doing lovely it's another arsenal win it's the second day in a row with uh with, with albert and uh, anytime i get to hang out with you and self it's uh it's a lovely day so thanks for having me on tom no problem at all. And yes, making his TGT debut. It's been too long, uh, it has to be said, uh, for me to get Albert on the show, but I'm absolutely delighted to have him on. Albert, how are you doing, mate? Are you well? I'm good, Tom. Like, I said to you before, like, it's invites I get, and I'm like, you know, I'm really... I'm, but this one was a surprise to me, but a good surprise. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> who who I'm aren't like... you surprised to invite <laughs> you? <laughs> no, I am. Is this I when am, Mike invites you on the pod? You're like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> No, I'm no, but sure. you know what? I, 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 sometimes I said to you privately, like I don't take things for granted. Like, well, I get asked come people's shows. Um, it's a privilege for me, so it's nice to be on, man. Thanks, Sink man. my nice, teeth man. into Arsenal. It's uh, the privilege is all ours, mate. Absolutely. And uh, wait till we ask you on the Highbury squad. What are you going to do then, eh? <laughs> well, I waited. I waited. <laughs> I've got that shirt ready. Pressed and ironed in the cupboard. <laughs> Sorry. If it's and if it's on a Thursday, you got to get your dicky bow. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, let's crack on with the show, of course. And as we always start off our podcast, get your raw reactions to the game, Albert. We're going to throw you into the fire first and come to you. What's your raw reaction to Arsenal's one 0 win yesterday? 
Um, my first thought was the game went exactly how I thought it would go. Uh, my score prediction was 1-0 to Arsenal, just, just for the simple fact that we're still at a point in our team where even if we do create chances, we don't take them um, or we don't create enough. So you, you're, you're stuck in a, in a terrible situation. So I thought, you know what? Burnley are struggling to win football matches. We've kind of got in the line at the start of the season. Um, so for me, 1-0 was a perfect scoreline and it went exactly how I thought it would go. Burnley are very happy for opposing teams to have the ball um, at Turf Moor. Like they said, I think they said 38% possession in their last four games. So that tells you everything you need to know. They're one of the very few teams that play two up front. It's a, it's a dying art breed now. It very rarely happens. Um, so yeah, it kind of went how I thought it would go, Tom. I thought we deserved to go in at 1-0 at half time, even though we wasn't fantastic. Mm. But that second half performance... I mean, I've had more fun in the library, to be honest with you, than seeing that second half before. What on earth are you doing in libraries now? Yeah, well, that's all very easy to know. But, but it was, you know what it was, Tom? It's the, it's the, it's the classic <laughs> thing of Arsenal where um, we, we, we're, we're just in the final third. It, it's, it's so poor to watch. I'm not talking about, I like to call it Stephen Gerrard Hollywood passes. I'm talking about simple A to B passing to kill teams off. And it was appalling. Um, I don't think Arteta would have been happy. I wouldn't have been happy watching it as a fan. So that's the way I saw it, mate, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think he spoke after the game, didn't he? He said he was he wasn't happy with what was going on in the second half and he wasn't he was concerned at how much we gave kind of the ball away and gave the emphasis to Burnley to to attack us. And that's certainly what happened. Mike, how about your reaction? I think if we play the same way next week as we did yesterday, we might only beat Spurs 2-0. <laughs> uh, so it, it, it's it's bizarre because you know it's two one nil wins in, on the trot, yeah. and um, one nil won't won't really make anybody jump for joy. But after the three games prior to that, I think you'll take it. You'll you'll bank the three points, and then kind of on the side talk about how it happened. But speaking of how it happened, I can't see two games that were look, like more opposite than the Norwich one nil and the Burnley one nil in the sense that. The Norwich one, no, you felt could have been five, six, seven, no, and you just rude those missed chances. But you would have given five, six, seven players in that lineup marks of you know, and I and I know I, I talked about this yesterday, Albert, probably with you, but you would have given you know multiple players marks of six, seven, eight, and uh, and just said you know what, we just didn't finish our chances. This game yesterday, I mean, three players stood out, and the other eight were woeful. Uh, really, uh, I mean, fours and fives. If I had been, if I had been uh, rating players yesterday, uh, self on your pod, I would have been giving out some three point seven nines, some four point two one seven sixes, because there were some awful performances yesterday that I know we'll probably move on to. Hopefully, just one offs, poor performances, a little bit jaded performances from from people like Saka, but. Uh, it's not a trend you would really want going into the, the Derby next weekend, but winning is the trend that you want going into the Derby. So uh, so I'm happy with it. But, yeah, it was, a, it was a game of two halves and a game of very few chances. Absolutely. But we did take the one chance that we did kind of, I say create. We didn't really create it. It was a set piece, and Odegaard took it really well. But before we go into some of the finer details, Sophie, just what are your raw reactions to the result? Um, well, I got my Beatles t-shirt on today because Rip. I couldn't help but listen to Here Comes the Sun because I was tired of the twist and shouting from Arsenal fans. And I believe that we will come together oh. um, in the coming weeks because... Is that what Albert was doing in the library or...? 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I, I got some tips from Albert. Albert's having a Tomiyasu type, you know, debut right here, by the way. Um, so for me, I have to say three points is key. Now, I was disappointed with the Bamiyang Pepe. We're going to get into that, I'm sure. Saka, um, the forward line like everybody else, but very encouraged by Thomas Partey, um, encouraged by Gabrielle. Beastly from Ramsdale, Tomiyasu, one of those neat players that just does his job. Like Arsenal have needed a player who's just going to do his job. Nothing more, nothing less. And when the more comes, it's going to be the gravy, um, you know, on, on the chicken waffles and stuff. So although some people might like syrup. So, yeah, for me, I just was happy that sure. we got the three points. Um, and I think that there's still a bit of this that the team are winning despite of Arteta, not because of him. But I do feel like in this game, he definitely made better choices, better subs. So as much as I've not been a fan of Arteta, credit where it's due. They were ready. They played. And ordinarily, maybe that's a game, Tom, that we lose at Turf Moor. Yeah. Although our record is a little bit better there than people think. It's just that we get bullied there. Um a lot more than lose there. So, and I think probably in the back of people's minds, they're still thinking of Xhaka and his grabbing the throat uh, move last season. So the three points were huge going into the North London derby, especially. And I'm really happy that we've got six points and we're kind of on our way a little bit, maybe. So if, yeah. do you think that Arteta needs some help or should we just let it be? Little, do you mean, little, what do you mean help? Right, what kind of help? Just more Beatles songs. Sorry, I went to the library while you were talking and I looked up Beatles songs. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, it's you can change Hey Jude to, to Hey Mikel if you want. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I think Tom and I had a discussion about the people around him and whether or not he had enough, you know, no people as opposed to yes people around him who can kind of tug him in a game and tell him this is what you should do. But to be fair, yesterday I thought he handled the game pretty well and our criticism has to be as loud as our praise and to get this win was almighty i mean you know same with norwich we scraped by but we still got the three points and we don't really scrap and haven't been a good scrappy team so i'm, I'm stoked with the fact that we were able to get the three points yeah, and stoked is, is right because it's felt like going there uh, at times when you travel to Turf Moor, certainly. Um, I, love, I, love rap, rap, I love Raptors gunning. I am absolutely not a fan of you, Sophie. I love that. It's brilliant. <laughs> you know what? Honesty is uh, important. I mean, just let me know how you feel. I love it. You can't it. win them all. You can't win them all, man. You, you got me in your pocket, but but apparently not oh, that real. Dude. Oh, oh, so good. I love it. What's funny is that Raptors can't really be a big fan of mine because they used to be a member. <laughs> did he, did he dropped his membership he dropped today membership. when he found out oh, yeah. found out that Sophie <laughs> Champions League was coming on. Don't think I won't know this, people. Don't think I won't see you. <laughs> I've got emails turned on, guys. <laughs> Photographic really memory, cool. Tom. <laughs> Uh, I love so my classic. community. That's 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 what it is. <laughs> Let's go into some of those details. Now I named the show um kind of around the three key performances alongside Gabrielle as well, who again was signed under Arteta. But there are three kind of players that besides Gabrielle came to mind with their performances and their input during the game and, and have so far this season as well. So if you mentioned Tommy Asu, we'll, we'll come back onto him in a second. But mm. the goals first of all, Albert, Martin Odegaard with an amazing strike from just outside the box. We've we've needed a set-piece specialist in that area of the pitch for, for some time. And, and we seem to have got him. But it was 
satisfying to see him in that role, playing alongside of Smith-Rowe and playing in that dynamic, something that people have asked for, but have been a little bit concerned about with just kind of the single holding midfielder in Partey behind them. <laughs> Do you think it works? What are you laughing at? He's just rejoined about? his membership. Oh, he has. <laughs> <laughs> you, guilt, you just guilted somebody into five yeah, pounds. I saw a or fresh come up. <laughs> we didn't even have to bring the samurai sword out. This oh. is awesome. Oh, wow. so shaming people into giving uh giving their, their hard-earned <laughs> so good so good <laughs> uh, albert go on erdogan what are you feeling about what's the question they get no joking no, um, <laughs> you know what with erdogan right um i don't know how you guys feel um i i didn't have a problem when we actually signed him but if we was going to sign him at the time i would have wanted him and basuma to come to arsenal because i feel like they've been that would have been two perfect players to, to fit Arsenal going forward. But that didn't happen. That's another that's another story. But um he's very he's obviously very technically gifted on the ball. He's one of the very few players for me in the squad who take the ball on the half turn in order for us to transition the ball a bit more quickly, which is an issue with Arsenal, not just this you know, beginning of the season, but probably the last few seasons in terms of how quickly we move the ball forward. But He's always, he's all, to me, his first thought is to look forward. And he is that player we, I mean, I didn't know much about him, Tom, to be honest with you, when we originally had him on loan last season. But, and I don't really like to go by highlight rules, but um, in terms of YouTube, but that's all I had at the, at the precise moment at the time. But you could see why some Arsenal fans got a little bit excited in terms of the type of player he is and what he has to offer. Um, I thought he had a decent first half. I thought he's one of the very few that did, have an okay game. Um, fabulous free kick. And one thing which is what he does, is one thing which is what he does, which I actually like, is somebody that actually has a shot at goal. That, that seems to be a forgotten art with Arsenal amongst all the intricate passing, the one-two touch. <laughs> Someone that actually has, is able to take a shot from 18, mm. 20 yards out. The simple basics, but it makes such an effective difference. And if we've got somebody who's a dead ball specialist, even better. Absolutely. I mean, I miss the days of seeing us kind of take those shots from outside the edge of the box. Like, I get the idea of going back to the old Arsenal where yeah. we would pass it around the edge of the box, waiting for our moment to, to find that final ball. But sometimes you need a different variable and, and that can come in the form of a, a shot from outside the box, which doesn't have too high of an XG if you want to go into the stats of it, but can certainly give you a better opportunity. Mike, it's not one for stats, first of all. Um, but certainly talking about players that are really improving with their statistics in regards to their distribution and their their impact on games, especially in the clean sheet statistics, is Aaron Ramsdale, Mike. And another commanding display from the goalkeeper really put it to shame the, the abusers that, that came out as soon as we were linked with him. I'm going to be very real. Like, I had my doubts. £24 million is a lot of money. Like, I never sent the guy any personal abuse off the back of it, however. There was only doubts as any good fan would have about any kind of sign. They all have their associated risks. But he is really proving people wrong. Yeah, and and I'm so glad that I, that that... that... Ramsdale came on my, uh, you know, your, my work around the uh, the panel because I just couldn't love this guy more. Um, you know, everything from the, the the photo that James McNicholas tweeted, where he basically was shielding Tierney while Tierney was down on the ground from from one of the uh, Burnley players. I mean, he seems to have every little thing that somebody needs to have from a personality standpoint and from a love for the club and an enthusiasm standpoint. Now, I know if you're a, a, an awful goalkeeper, none of the rest of that matters, but he's not an awful goalkeeper. 
we could see that. And and he clearly plays the game that Arteta wants to play better than Leno plays it. Um, you know, the four of us without legs could have played it better than Czech played it. So, you know, not that Czech ever played for Arteta, but I'm just saying, like, we have consistently had goalkeepers that could not play the, that type of game with the ball at their feet, distributing it, and Ramsdale can. Uh, and that's that's massive. Uh, the price tag has, should never have mattered. If he was 10 million pounds, people probably would have said, why are you starting your 10 million uh, pound goalkeeper instead of Leno? Um, you know, he's he's meant to be a second, you know, a, a bench warmer and a cup goal, uh, goalkeeper. So you can't win. Uh, he didn't ask for, he didn't get the 24 million. He didn't ask for it. That's what he costs. That's what we paid. And I think we'll be looking at that as being a massive bargain about three or four years from now, much, much sooner. But when we don't have to keep signing new goalkeepers because he's our number one, uh, we're going to look at that as a great, great purchase. And and I couldn't love it. I mean, I don't buy goalkeeper jerseys uh, and I rarely put names on the back, but I'm really tempted with this one. I think, Sophie, when you look at kind of the other players in the team that are having a, a genuine real difference in the side, and you mentioned him earlier, and, and Tommy Asu joins the team, a day and a half of training, comes in against Norwich, is a standout performer in the game, takes up that right-back level to that next stage, comes in mm-hmm. again against Burnley, and is just a consummate professional. Like just something that we've needed, a breath of fresh air of discipline in the team. And again, another player that people had doubts about. I mean, and 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 can you really blame people? He's come from Bologna. Not many people are watching Bologna week in, week out, or the Japanese international side. So I, I can kind of forgive like the idea of there being doubts around Tomiyasu. But again, he is really proving people wrong. Yeah. I mean, I can forgive doubts. I can't forgive abuse, right? No, and just course. to circle around the thing, you mentioned three players, Udegaard, Ramsdale, Tomiyasu. All new, new signings, although Udegaard was here with us last season, but look at the difference they've made to the team. Upgrades. Upgrades on Jacker, Upgrade on Leno. And an upgrade on whoever was playing right back, whether it was Bellerin, Chambers, or whoever. This is the key for the squad. You know, compared to what we've had, to what we are seeing, there's a major difference. Because one, they're doing the fundamentals right. Basic football that we have lost over the last few seasons. And also players who are engaged and really want to wear the shirt and play for the Arsenal. You could see that in Udegaard. You could see that in Ramsdale. The way he just fights, the way he protects his teammates. He's so vocal in the box, so commanding of the six-yard area. We just haven't seen that in a long time. Tomiyasu, silent assassin, just goes about his business, playing football, doing the basics. And I think if just starting there is where we need to be because when you hit rock bottom of the Premier League, Tom, you can't be thinking about the top four. You just got to be thinking about, we need to start doing the basics right. We need to score goals. We need to defend well. And then we need to build on that with consistency and competitiveness. And then we can think about, okay, once we start climbing the table, what are are the possibilities for this particular Arsenal team. We still have a long way to go. But for me, Tomiyasu brings this zen and he brings this um, controlled behaviour uh, to, to the team. Hopefully I haven't bocked him and he doesn't get sent off, you know, in the North London derby. But he certainly brings that. And I think, you know, that's really important in a team that panics, in a team that doesn't trust itself. Um, and these are the plays that are going to make the difference. Gabriel too. And I think... You know, when you kind of see that coming together, uh, I think that's going to be what saves Arteta's job. Now, 
are these his players or Edu's players? I don't care. They're Arsenal players. And my job as a fan is to support the players. And let's hope that Arteta can make the most of the new ingredients that he's been given. Because there's no doubt they have some talent. And Tom, at the end of the day, you don't have to be a household name to be a good team. You don't have to be a household name to come together as a team. You know, we've got household names and we've signed household names and that hasn't worked for us in the past. Our player profile is a lot different this year because we don't have European football and people question the signings. So it's very early to tell right now, but hopefully this kind of form can continue. I think it's very easy to become an armchair manager um, when you're coming from the perspective outside. I'm guilty of it all the time. Like even from if you watch lots of football outside, you can get obsessed around certain players. I still maintain that Zobos Lai would have been world-class for us. But the point stands that you can become an expert. I mean, think about how many of us would have liked to have seen us sign Emerson at right back and see how he's getting on at Spurs in his first two games, getting turned inside out, not just against Chelsea today, but against Zaha and Crystal Palace the week prior. And Tommy Asu, I feel a lot more confident and comfortable if we were to go up against say Chelsea again or or Palace that he would cope a lot better with what Chelsea or Palace would have to offer on their left hand side and our right hand side so absolutely I think it's it's mm-hmm. important that we focus on the successes and this is this is the, the the tricky part of today's show because whilst what's going on in the pitch we have a lot of issues with and we could wax lyrical about the style and we have done for a few weeks I feel like it is going to take time for this team to gel but time is not something that we allow ourselves all that often, especially after 18 plus months in the job for Mikel Arteta. Can you allow more time? But what I wanted to focus on, Albert, was that the fact that these are his signings. And one of the things that made me kind of really support the guy, arguably blindly during parts of last season, was the fact that he was the guy that brought in, along with Edu, Partey and Gabriel, two key players that I wanted to see us sign for ages. Now we've brought in more key players that are upgrading positions. Am I blind again, or am I looking at something that's a real positive from Arteta? No, you, you've touched on it in terms of... Because people mention about the fact that he hasn't got his players. And when I say people say that, I'm talking amongst probably about Arsenal fans, amongst whatever social media platform you're on, um, or people that might have channels, for example. But there's no excuses now. Um, you know, you've, you there's a lot of players... Yes, a lot of players have left. Maybe they haven't left in terms of monetary value, but or they've gone out alone, but they're not here. You've had a lot of players come in. So there's no more excuses now. What Tom, what I wanted to see more so from Arteta, me personally, yes, I don't think he knows what his best eleven is personally, um, in the in the in the time that he's been here. Maybe but what I what I want it what I want to see this season is the back four that played against Norwich, the back four that played yesterday against Burnley. If we're gonna play a four. That has to be the four. Give the back four more continuity. Get them getting, having more partnerships, their understanding. You know, I don't care who they're coming up against in the league. We need to have a settled back four because that's where we need to start the basis from in terms of moving this team forward. And then the, the midfield will feel a bit more confident and hopefully the strikers will come back on form, depending who's up front and the three. But that's what I want to see. So, yes, Ben White had a, a tricky game yesterday, unfortunately. But I do believe he will come good because anybody that has any sort of salt in regards to football, in terms of centre-back partnerships, you have one that's more dominant, i.e. Mm. Gabriel yesterday. I thought he was phenomenal. That block in the first half against um, Ashley Barnes was, was different class with Tommy Yasu coming on the cover. 
That's what you want. That's only going to happen, Tom, game after game after game. They need to develop partnerships. So in terms of coming back to Arteta a little bit more, um, you've got no European football, less games to play. Um, I don't expect too many changes in midweek. A couple of players, fringe players, need to put themselves in the in front of the manager to view and actually say, you know what, maybe he should be in the team. But there's a lot more depth there. You can argue in terms of the quality in terms, until you know until the cows come home. But there are a lot more players there with a bit more quality than the ones that were at the club previously. That mm-hmm. should that should help. But again, it comes back down to the manager's tactics and how flexible he is to let these players off the leash. You know, is it a case of Pepe has to stay on the right? The Saka have to stay on the left. Stay on the left. Are they able to interchange? In game during to, to make a difference, I'm not sure whether they're allowed to do that, but time will tell. Mm. I mean, there's for all the, the good performances, I think you make a great point about Gabriel and White. The expectation that no matter your price, that you'll be great every game is just not sustainable. Like, you White is going to have a game or two or three or four that he isn't going to be as good as Gabriel. And to be honest, if our £20 million centre-back is outperforming our £50 million centre-back and that's to the benefit of the team, why should I care? <laughs> like, fantastic. That's great. Yeah. I want to see good performances from White, of course, but Gabriel is is looking like a real leader at the back and is transitioning even better based on that decline. What well, I was worried about Gabriel, to be honest, because I thought at the end of last season he declined a bit in those games. I thought his performance kind of dropped. So to see him step up and know that this isn't kind of a trend that is going to continue and that he is going to be back on top form again is really good news. However, there is a couple of individuals, mainly in the forward line that we have to discuss, that, that weren't necessarily so great. Saka is, M- Mike, genuinely someone that I feel is in desperate need of, of a rest. And you mean a rest not just Wednesday, but a rest? A rest I mean, would you rest him against Spurs? Probably I would play Smith. I, I would go back to the the, the holding two, bring Laconga back in alongside Partey and move Smith-Rowe out to the left-hand side over. Well, but you can't do that because you know Xhaka is going to be the first name on the team sheet. Like, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I can hope and pray that it won't be Xhaka. But you're right, it probably will be, yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I, I don't know that I would rest Saka on, on Sunday, but I – and, you know, it's been a week since the last games. There was no mid, midweek game last week. But I think from a mental standpoint, knowing that Arsenal are playing a game and him knowing probably from today on Wednesday that he's not going to be playing and he might not even be on the bench, just rest, train lightly, do whatever you have to do, watch the team play without you, and then go back and and and, and get, get into it on Sunday, I think that would be my strategy. I, I wouldn't rest him against Spurs, but I wouldn't have him anywhere near the, the pitch uh, other than maybe in the stands on Wednesday. And that's not a punishment. Um, I remember the same things happening to, and I'm not comparing these players for their upside or their talents, but Awobi, you know, kind of got jaded after too much play. It's happened to a number of younger players who were kind of on that upwards trajectory with Arsenal. And um, and and Saka's no different. He's, you know, he's resilient to most things that you would normally find in a young player, but his end product. I mean, the, the statistically speaking, uh, he's not producing things. He shoots it right at the at the goalkeeper most of the time when he has an opportunity. Um, he did create the the free kick that led to the goal for Motorguard. So, I mean, uh, I I will credit him with that. But you know, I, I was talking to somebody I forget who it was in a in a group that that said I didn't get to watch the game. I just watched match of the day or I watched highlights. 
and Saka looked quite good. And that might have been in in uh, in our chat group, but somebody who who watched highlights um, thought he had a great game, and that just goes to show you because you know in the highlights, yeah, maybe he looked good, but the rest of the game he was woeful. Um, but I don't, you know, I don't think this is a trend. I don't know that he needs to be sitting for a number of games. I would just rest him against Wimbledon, and then you put your best players in the game, and he's one of our best players. So, would, would, are you tempted to to drop him at this point, or give him an extended rest, or do you think playing him into form is what's key? Mm. I I was critical of Saka on the show this week, and got pummeled by a lot of Arsenal fans. Now, the key for me is um, you you can't mollycoddle him and you can't mollycoddle Emil Smith-Rowe. What I said on the show was he, there's this persona of him since he's been part of the England setup and has become almost a mascot, you know, the happy-go-lucky kid on the unicorn. And for me, he's like an Arsenal player and I take that seriously. And he's the future of Arsenal Football Club. And what worries me is when he's engaging with England players, as we've seen, you know, Jack Grealish talks to Kyle Walker and Sterling about City. There's going to be those conversations eventually. If this Arsenal club that we know and love do not build around the Sackers and the Emil smith Rose and the Tierneys and whoever it is that, you know, we feel is the future of the club, those discussions will start happening. Because he'll see Grealish playing in the Champions League. He'll see his mates winning the Premier League. He'll see his mates winning the Champions League. And this is what scares me the most. And I think that we can't get in an, an, an enabling factor with him. He's been poor. I know he was the player of the season last season, but he really faded. They both are exhausted. We've relied on them too much. We've put the burden of the world on them. We've did it with Fabregas. We did it with Jack Wilshere. We've done it with younger players before and we haven't learned our lesson. And Adu talks about bringing in world-class players to support the younger players. Well, you could argue that he should have maybe bought the world-class players first and then the younger players integrated into that. But it's hard to do that when you don't have European football to dangle at world-class players. This has been a problem for us. Um, so I would rest him against Spurs and I would actually bring Lacquer in um, Laka loves a game against Tottenham. Ober and Laka have played really well against Spurs. I play uh, Laka down the middle. I'd play Ober on the left. I'd bring in Laconga and I'd put Udegaard in a more advanced role. And I would rest Emil Smith Rowe and Saka. And maybe, Tom, give them an opportunity to come on and be super subs. Do something unique. Do something special that gives them that oomph and that drive and that vibe again. Um, because we've become so reliant on them that I don't want them to become the problem. And that's the, that is the biggest issue for us is putting your eggs in these kids basket. And then when things don't go right, you know, we point the finger at them and I've been critical of him, but if you're talking about him being a world-class player, supposedly at this point in his career, if you're talking about the fact that he is the Arsenal then we have to look at it realistically. And he's not been great. And he was poor in this game, but so were Aubameyang, so were so was Pepe, and so was Emil Smith-Rowe. It's not just Saka who was poor in this game. They all kind of fluffed their lines up front against Burnley. 
Do you, is, is there any part of this, Albert, that you think is to do with the fact that Saka's not playing on the right? Like we look at him playing on the right for England and he lights it up for England. I mean, he, I think in the last two starts or three starts, he's got game of the like, player of the match in, in all of those playing on the right hand side. Do you think this left side role is is restricting him in some way? Tom, you know what drives me mad with this, right? Is when we watch Arsenal play and obviously we start Pepe and we play Saka. Like I said, I, I don't I don't know what the instructions are from the coach, whether these players are allowed to have any in-game management to say, you know what, it's not working out against the fullback I'm up against. Let's let's switch for 10, 15 minutes. It's not mm. just the game yesterday against Burnley, is the is the game against uh, against Norwich. I don't know if I was to do a highlight draw of Saka in the last two years, if you look at most of his productivity, I, I'm pretty sure if I was a betting man, it, it comes with him playing on the right for free. I'm not saying he can't play on the left. Or he's yeah. not multifaceted, but for me, you get the best out of him. Or he adds more to the team playing from the right, which to me would free up Pepe a little bit. Pepe's another argument. I'm sure we'll come into that another time. But for me, it's it's to me, it's common sense. I don't see you know, people talk a lot about playing to people's strengths. For me, with Saka, I've said it two seasons ago. I think he's best position at Arsenal to play him on the right of the three. Because he, for me, what he does, what Pepe doesn't do, for example, is even if you're a one-footed player, there's always there's always an opportunity in, and 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 in game time where you have to use your opposite foot. Saka is better at doing that, at picking the critical moments at the right time, using the right. Pepe doesn't do that. He's never done that in an Arsenal shirt, especially when he's playing on the right. So to me, I I don't know. Like I said, I don't know the flexibility of the players have been allowed to do that. But with Saka, I agree. I think maybe he does need to be taken out of the front line because the fact of the matter is, like Sophie says, he, as much as I love him, listen, I'm Nigerian origin, I'll, I'll back my boys. But if he needs to be taken out of the firing line, then let that be the case because he's not playing well. And mm. that's and that's what it comes down to for me. You know, I also, can also, I can I just jump in with the Pepe comment? Because, you know, Pepe, he's one of those players that isn't easy on the eye. But if you do look at his analytics, mm. he does and is one of the most productive players for the club. And even against Norwich, he was not great, but he came up with, you know, the move that led to to, to the goal. And I think a lot of the times we find ourselves in these positions and this is where we we haven't we've haven't had players like that since Sanchez, since Santi, since early Ozil. Is that at some point, even though you may think he's a seventy-two million pound flop, he'll come up with something in a in a heartbeat or a minute of the game that either gives us a point or helps us, moves us along. And I think that's the difference. The problem with him is that when he's dribbling, he's not easy on the eye. He tries to do too much. He puts the team on his shoulders too much. But I think that, to be fair to him, didn't you guys think that he did a good job defensively against Burnley, tracking back in this match? I mean, it was almost better than his forward play. So he does what that he's a lot, being, to be fair. I can't yeah. criticise his tracking back. It's, it's a good part it, of his game. Sorry, Tom, in the Norwich game, for example, um, I mean, where I was sitting, man, some of the Arsenal fans were not giving this guy no mercy whatsoever. But one thing he didn't do, he doesn't hide Tom. He's always, exactly. always, always, always prepared to take the ball. People will slander him because he loses it. Talented footballers in their teams are always the ones that are prepared to take the risk and lose the ball. Now, we know what it is with Pepe. You don't have to be a brain surgeon or 
someone that's got football coaching badges. The, the price tag is what people make up their minds. And I don't think that's a good reason, personally, because if somebody's talented, they're talented. The, the price tag, if you don't think he's a good player, then that's fine. Give me context. Tell me why he's not a good player. But mm. to, to don't be lazy talking about the price tag. And that happened to Harry Maguire early at Man United. Yeah. 80, yeah. 85 million flop. It happened to Stones at City. It happens a lot to players. And, you know, this is what I have the fear with Ben White. Don't judge him by the price yeah. tag. Because Marcello Bielsa Sancho, was very right happy with him. Jaden Sancho's going through it right now too. Exactly. So, you know, sometimes you can't help what, I mean, that's Raul's doing, right? And with Ben White, it's what the market demands for a British player. Mm. And we paid it, but I don't think we should kill him for it. You know, right. let's give the guy a chance. No, kill the club for it. If you if you want to kill somebody, kill the club for it. Don't kill the player. There's no reason to make your 50 million pound center back. But Mike, know. if Leicester if Leicester had made that purchase, oh, they would have been ambitious. Would have lauded them. They would have yes. been ambitious. They would have been mixing that in with their moneyball approach. It would have been the greatest <laughs> thing ever done, and and um, and everyone would say that's how Arsenal should be building a, a contender. And it's just, it, it's it's it, the, the, know, the purchase it's, price is a is a sunk cost the moment it is made. It no longer matters, but it it is a piece of information that people who have. Uh, a, a, an idea or an agenda of what they want to, to see happen to point to when it's convenient. And for every person that points to a 72 million pound Pepe, they will not point to a, you know, a 5 million pound Martinelli when he's finally uh, winning Ballonda or, or, you know, or, or any of the other people that we've paid very little or nothing for. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just to, to to form agendas and to and to do it because it, it does not matter. Someone in the chat asked, you know, does the price tag make you less likely to sit him? It ought not to. It really shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, form and price tag don't go hand right. in hand. What no, happens you play is the best the players player, you have, the player not the most feel, ex Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you look at all of the most successful teams. You look at the Barcelona's, how good Pedri is, cost them like five million quid from Las Palmas. You go into Real Madrid and see how much they bought Valverde for. Like, like there are players in every single club. Look how much Bayern Munich bought Serge Gnabry for, for instance. As, as oh, and, Jay, and Jaden Sancho, you know, on the opposite end of the spectrum, he's yeah. all of a sudden one for the future. <laughs> at 90 million pounds or whatever it was they paid. Yeah, I mean, and how much Dortmund bought him for in the first place. And, well. and also, if we weren't rock bottom of the Premier League, right? Look, City lost to Spurs and they drew at home to Southampton and Pep complained about how there were hardly any, you know, there were ten to 17,000 fans missing during the Champions League game, right? Mm. Um, you know, Tottenham, the darlings of the media, they start off well, they're going to win the league in August and September. And, you know, they got trounced. They've conceded six goals in the last two games. If we're not rock bottom of the Premier League and we're somewhat decent up there with some of these top eight teams, no one's throwing the darts at us, right? So is anyone examining City's signings right now or Tottenham's signings right now? Or you mentioned Emerson Royal, um, Tom, who looks like an absolute dud so far, right? So I think sometimes it's just because of the image we've projected of ourselves over the last two or three seasons where we get so criticized for the business that we do. Um, and when you haven't progressed in that time, 
it's it it magnifies it right so i think that's why we see some of our plays under attack not only from our own fans but from opposing fans too absolutely i mean the the, the level of criticism that arsenal players face is just multiplied by a factor of infinite at times in in both fan media and social media and and the media as well yeah you, t- you talk about the players that, that that wanted to come here and play for the badge tomiyasu mm-hmm. um you, yeah, Ramsdale. I mean, but those guys don't have ambition because why else would they? You know, why would they want to come to Arsenal if they mm. if they had ambition? But then, but then they're the exact kind of players that we want, well, and then they'll remember, be the ones. Tommy back in Europe. That, not sure if Tommy Ash is a right back or a left back. Oh, oh, yeah. not a centre. I mean, back people keep saying he's like he's not an RB. He's not an RB. Oh, yeah. As long as he plays well and he's a versatile player that exactly. can actually play well. Exactly. And then the other thing too is, you know, um, for 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 us. Going into this North London derby with six points under our belt is so huge, you know, just to have that confidence, the players. Now, we may not win that game, but at least we're going into that game six points wiser and two games of graft than we had previously. And I tell you, Aubameyang needs to be very careful. And if I was Arteta, and I don't think Arteta should be acting on getting love from Arsenal fans, but he needs to be really careful right now because he has some people who've been in the middle on board with, okay, can this project work? Is this process actually in flux? If he starts Xhaka and Leno against Tottenham, he, mm. he will lose people. Oh, yeah. Do not I'm change expecting what, Xhaka, but Leno would be – I mean, that would Leno just show incompetence be. beyond anything I've ever seen. Cannot do that because right now I'm listening. I'm, he's got my ear. I'm like, okay, where can you go with this? I've been very critical of him. But if he starts Xhaka with Partey, that tells you that has he really changed mm. and it, it, is he willing to really do the things that we want him to do in order to move the team forward? I'm going to be so like 10:30 a.m. local time on Sunday. I'm going to be setting up for a uh, for like a charity day of of giving at our local pub and I'm going to I'm going to be so stressed out over that lineup coming out. And yeah. uh, I hope I could just breathe easier. Like I mean, I don't know who's going to have a good game and who's not, but I can sure as heck tell you that that Jock is probably going to be in that lineup and it's going to be an absolute meltdown. Mm-hmm. Uh Leno, I mean if Leno starts, I would sack him right away. I don't think that's going to happen. All of those things that, that that were being said in the press about Leno and the strap and the you know being promised a, a starting spot again, it, you know, I was glad to see Ramsdale start this game. If he had had a poor game, then it wouldn't have shocked me to see Leno get the start at Tottenham. But after the game that Ramsdale had yesterday, to Leno should be starting Wednesday and and then whatever whatever the next League Cup game is, and that's it. That 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 Leno story was a complete destabilization attempt, in my opinion. Yeah, totally, I, I, absolutely. Like I, I, I couldn't believe when I was reading that. How is anyone? And fair Where'd play. Where did that come from? John Cross or something like that? I think it came from Christian Falk from Build, um, d- describing it as such, saying it was and using the tick emoji. True that, <laughs> that he would be starting. Like, it's just as if like, how are you going to have information that says? This player has been promised he will start not the next game or the game after that, but the in third game. I, I did hear that he that that, that that journalist called the gerbil for comment, though. I mean, I, I don't know the if that's respond? true or not, but uh, did, did the gerbil respond? Do you well, know? How would I know? Oh, I don't, good point. Good point. <laughs> anyway, let's go on to uh, let's go on to your questions in the chat box. We've got 
about just under 10, just under 15 minutes left. So we'll try and go through as many as we can. We've got quite a lot, guys. So if we can keep our answers as streamlined as possible, that would be fantastic. Very simple one for you, Albert, from Josh Hunter. Should lack a start against Spurs? Oh, that is a cracking question. Um, <laughs> I actually think this is his biggest dilemma, Arteta, me personally, because... With Aubameyang up front, in that in that formation in the 4 2 3 1, quickly, if I answer it, um, Aubameyang doesn't, it doesn't work with him as the main striker because he's not got the all round game to pull off that role. But um, Aubameyang's a better finisher than Lacazette. Um, it's a tough call, but I'll be tempted to start Lacazette. I think it's actually not going to be a hard decision for him because. How do we know that Aubameyang is going to show up on time for this game? <laughs> His, form's His form's not great for that, is it? Uh, Raptors. Who is he tends to be late for this fixture. <laughs> Raptors is one of our esteemed members. Never, never ever let us down. Oh, I love Says, him. Uh, I'm in love yes, with Raptors. <laughs> Tom, uh, this is for Mike. Who should play alongside <laughs> Tom? Mike? This is for Mike. <laughs> Who this is clearly on? not for Mike. Questions. <laughs> this is my show. Who should play alongside Partey against Spurs, or will we see the same team that played against Burnley? I mean, it's got to be Samby. Um, you know, I, I, I would not conceive of anybody else playing against Partey against Spurs right now than Samby. I mean, no. I mean, it's not going to be. I think midweek we'll probably see Mainsley. We probably will see Sambi as well because he didn't really uh, have a, a tremendous amount of minutes yesterday. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the, the answer is Sambi. So. Absolutely. Vinny's a bit of a fan of you, Mike, in the chat, by the way. So there you go. You got some support. I, I keep changing my look so that Vinny will leave me alone, but, uh, <laughs> but it doesn't seem to be working. <laughs> Thank you, Absolutely. Vinny. Uh, checks in the mail. Uh, let's go to Andy Love, uh, who's got a question for services. Do you think Arteta has our flair players wearing straight jackets? I feel there is so much more attacking ability in our team than what we're currently seeing. Good question. He mentioned taking the handbrake off. Have we really seen him take the handbrake off? I don't think it's, so. I mean, what's the test selection against? But I would argue from from like looking at it on paper, you would say mm -hmm. one holding midfielder, two number tens. That's theoretically taking the handbrake off. But what we saw wasn't that. So is it the players being fearful and not executing his directive, or is it him picking a team that can absolutely take a moment and score a goal when needed? and then pull back. You know what I mean? Is it him or is it them? And this was the first game where I was saying to myself, is it him or is it them? Because to me, the way he set the team up, it was like, let's go win this game. Mm. But they still played with so much caution. And he's belly aching and yelling from the sidelines sometimes. It's like, just sit down. When you sat down against West Brom, we scored six goals. And I know that they're a poor side and they played under 23s. But just like take a chill pill. So... I do think that he needs to unleash them. I love the thing with playing against Spurs. I love Udegaard in that number eight role more than the number 10 role. But against Spurs, I think that we're going to need that protection in midfield. So you got Party, you got Sambi, and then you can have Udegaard ahead of them. But I just think that, you know, Abamyang's looks like he's playing with too much defensive responsibility. Pepe seems like he can go so far, but. In his mind, he he feels like, oh, I've got to I've got to go do my homework and track back. Mm. I'm not sure they're playing like totally free, and I'd love I'd love to see them just 
it's not going to be against Spurs where we do that, but maybe the game, the games after that. Um, it's going to be one cagey game. We've only scored two goals, and one was a lucky deflection, really, and a VAR decision, and the other was a wonder goal from a set piece. Which, by the way, Udegaard should take the corners as well. Um, yeah. While I'm on the subject, but yeah. Absolutely. Um, we're going to go for a few more of your questions. If you haven't already, please do make sure that you've dropped a like on today's video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And join Raptor as one of our members, one of our esteemed, valued, long-term <laughs> members at TGT. Please make sure you have already. Consistent is <laughs> one of our long-time listeners. Not a member yet, but that's fine. We, we forgive him. Says, how do you manage your optimism, Albert, and confidence to fear each day about the next fixture? is due to the last few years my fear of bad performances the next fixture overtakes the enjoyment of a win every single day i hope i conveyed that properly do you know what he's saying how do you overcome the fear of the next fixture and enjoy a victory like we saw yesterday alcohol well that's that's <laughs> one that's one that's one aspect but um I, I i think the best way that i can answer that question is if the team win football matches is to me it's as simple ingredient as that um i just think i saw a lot of negativity albert yesterday like even though we won it was a back-to-back game like you say they enjoy the win but i saw a lot of negativity i even saw i think tweets going like they're gutted that we lost because it means Arteta's going to still be like these types of tweets like what is that about yeah but then i don't really understand that because you, you're, I understand when your team's on a, you know, four or five game losing bounce because why would you be confident about your team losing? But if they've had back-to-back clean sheets and you're going into a North London derby at home at the Emirates, mm. what are you possibly got to be upset about because of the manager? I mean, that's out of our control. What are you going to do? You're not going to watch the fixture because Mikel Arsett is all the head coach. That, that you, You're not going to do that. But I think the best way, as long as, long as a team somehow can not just win football matches, but I'm assuming they're talking about style of play because it, you obviously you want to win matches by playing fantastic, but not every team does that. You have to go to the mill to win certain football matches. You might only get one chance in 90 minutes. Nobody checks the stats too much then. They look at the three points or the result. Um, so that, that's the best way I can answer that. I think can I can I comment on this? I think this is a great question, and it's a great question. Not to get not to get like super serious. The answer to this question has nothing to do with football. It's a personality mm. question. It's a psychology question, and I'm and believe me, I am not well endowed in either one of those two specific areas, personality or psychology. Uh, but uh, you know, just I, the I, two I, areas that you're ruling out for that. I, <laughs> <laughs> For once, I'm setting you up with the sick joke. I knew, yeah, I knew no, that was it, was too, it was too good not to. to but go there, so go that's what she said. But the the um <laughs> the, the the real issue though is that I mean you have to be able to enjoy what's in front of you. Um, you know, life's too short to to look around the corner for the next bad thing. And I see this a lot in the Arsenal fan base, um, but it's not exclusive to the Arsenal fan base. I mean, if you if you stress about stuff. Just look at the thing right in front of you. Wait to worry about the other things that are, you know, that are beyond there because those things are not in your control right now. What what is in your control is your ability to be happy in the moment. And, you know, and 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 I have said after wins, you know, that come within awful whatever the opposite of a purple patch is, um, you know, green no, and and, no, and no, you no. get a, and you get a rare <laughs> win or a last minute win in an awful game 
like we had in the Europa League uh, at, at one point last year. And just be happy in the moment. It might last 30 minutes. It might last an hour. Uh, whatever it is, though, just don't think about the next thing that's scary until you absolutely have to. And that's my uh, that, that's my two cents of the day on, on on human psychology. But but it is not <laughs> that said. I understand as an Arsenal fan how you would you know potentially feel that way. And uh, and great question, Tulip. Nice Can I also answer a ten, a ten seconder? Mm. If you're an Arsenal fan. And you're you want the team to lose because you want Arteta sacked. Yeah. You are not an Arsenal fan. That is a disgrace. You may not like him. You may disagree with him. You may think um, you know he's not the right man for the job. But these new players, the Tomiyasu's, the Ben Whites, the Lakongas, the Tavaj of the world, you know the Ramsdales, they need us. They need our support. And so do the existing players who are there trying to you know mold these guys into the squad you know i think this is why I, I did the whole beatles thing at the beginning come together because the team needs us they need our support and i'm very proud of the arsenal fans so far who've been going to the emirates and the away games they have stood by the squad and i think that's a real testament to the fact that they know that the team needs us but if you're wanting arteta to fail because you want him out i'm sorry I, i'm not a fan but no way am I rooting for my team to lose against anybody ever. And I think that's ever. a very, very vocal, very, very small minority that you that you wouldn't know about if it were not for social media. But I, I mean, I agree with yeah. you. It's, it's, yeah. it's, the, it's the way of social media. Like, I, I think it was, I saw four tweets that were pictures of tweets of five accounts that I checked and I have blocked all of them prior to seeing those tweets. So it was five people that I don't follow, thankfully. And, and were they were they members? Well. I hope so. <laughs> they part of the membership scheme. Yeah, yeah, I Tom, hope so. Sorry, Tom. I was going to say, that. don't get me wrong. Listen, and fans of any football club, obviously, we talk about Arsenal, but as much as you know, as things as bad as things are with the club, you should never ever get to a point where you want your team to lose. I've never understood that. Exactly. Um, it's, it's crazy to me. It, does, it doesn't make any sense. Even if the team we're playing needs to win in order to prevent Spurs from winning the league, that then there's a discussion to be made. But uh, yeah, <laughs> there, there are, there, look, there is a scenario that I think is absolutely fair. And if, say, Arsenal losing to a side meant that Spurs didn't win the league... I can, I can that's cope. That's exactly with that. what I just said. Like, then I'd have yeah. to give it some thought. I can, I can cope with that. But when it's down to Arsenal needing a win against Burnley in the in the fifth game of the season, I'm sorry, but you've lost your head. Like, yeah, there's something seriously serious. Only in the very, very specific scenario <laughs> that Mike has listed there can it ever even be considered. Yeah. Let alone. We're going to file that under the contingency plan right here. <laughs> I don't think we're going to have to worry about that anytime soon. No, I don't think we're going to have to worry about it. I mean, to be fair, the closest we've ever come was the last game of last season where we nearly went into the conference league. <laughs> I really didn't want to be in the conference <laughs> league. I, I, I was like, if we win, league, yeah, we're going to be in the conference league and Spurs are going to have a, a, a free run at getting top four. Oh, my like, God. Hilarious. Like, oh, but thankfully, we won and still didn't get into it. So that was great. Like, exactly. Best of <laughs> That was the best of both. That was the best that I was. Tom, how are you? Ever, how yeah. how are you and I pronouncing? Uh, how do we? I mean, I've tried it four different oh, ways. Honestly, the, the, the look. You, I started I, off by pronouncing Tavares or Tavares, 
by saying yeah. Tavaj because he said Tavaj when he did his interview. Yeah, it's yeah. not, not yeah. quite that. <laughs> Tavaj is what we call him on our podcast, but, but that would have been what we called him even if he said it was Tavares. I mean, it's too, it's too good not to say it that way. I, I've spoken to a guy. I just love how Sophie's like the Tavajes of the world. Yeah. Like, how many Tavajes are there? Tavaj, in the world? Right? He says it's. It, he doesn't put the O on the end of Nun. No, no, no. It's, it's Nun, Nun Tavaj. Yeah, that's how you pronounce it. So, and mm. it's the really if, annoying. <laughs> if, if you ever want the final word, you you have to, and, and I'm happy to because I can reach out to Derek him. Ray. To Derek Ray. Ray. You yeah. have to ask Derek well, Ray, and he'll tell you the answer. I'm just gonna go with uh, C. Walders. He knows uh, more than the player themselves know. What? How? Yeah, I'm just gonna go with the suggestion from C. Walders. It says it's Nuno in it. But I'm good. Nuno, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's like I did a when when Martin Udegar signed and we were doing the whole thing about how you pronounce Udegar. I was like, yeah, Martin. Yeah. Like, Martin's fine. <laughs> Mo, I called him Mo. <laughs> Mo. Same we thing with uh, Takahiro, Takahiro Tomiyasu. I was like, double T. I'm all yeah, good with double T. We have a clip of Derek. Derek Wright sent us a text with him pronouncing Odegaard's name when we took him on loan last year because we had just had him on the pod. And he's like, here, guys, I thought you might want this. Because <laughs> it, Udiga, like he repeats it a bunch of times. It's great. So yeah. oh, I can get so him. I, 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 you know, I can grab, please, I can please, grab him for Tavaj. Yeah. I can yeah. grab Tavaj if you want. Less, less careful with those sentences. Right. Anyway, let's, <laughs> let's uh, move on to the final part. One Vaj is enough. I don't need two Vaj. Let's move on to the final part, which is a, th a thank uh, my guests this evening and to wrap things up. So thank you, uh, Mike. Much appreciated for for the levels that we've gone to. I think you're still pretty restrictive, which I appreciate. I, I appreciate that. I don't know how to take that. Is he? Is he? <laughs> I was until you the said... very end. I, I went into kind of deep thought mode, and then I and then I went to the least common denominator stuff that I guess I'm known for. But uh, it's always nice to be on the pod. I enjoy you. I can't wait to see you uh, in just a few weeks. Yes. My couch is always open to you, and um, and and. As you know, I mean, you've seen the pictures, but uh... yes, you post the pictures everywhere. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> It's been fun. Mike, it will be, be funner. Are you going to be at the Villa game? Are you going to be at the Villa game? Mm. Villa, are. Leicester. Are you going to go Leicester away? I am, yeah. I yeah. can't. I'm working that one. I, might, I, 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 was, I, got, I got my... You're going uh, Leicester away? I'm hoping to be at Villa home, oh, Palace nice. home, and Leicester away. Those are the three games I'm there for. So, uh... Do you remember last time we went together, though? <laughs> Covid shut us down. So yeah, let's yeah, well, we got one game in together. We got the West Ham game, and then the, and you then we had the, the we all did all three. Oh, no, I remember all the way back. I remember that you were over <laughs> and you were having an absolute nightmare trying to get back to the states. Like, oh dear. He was still hoping he could get to the city away game. Yeah, Remember yeah. Mike? The, the night before the city away game, trying I, to get in. <laughs> yeah, and, and I and I had to I had to book a flight home at one o'clock in the morning on my birthday. And spend the entire day in the airport on my birthday. So you know, oh my this God, that's such a tough couple of years. It's only affected you. I know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all about me. It ruined my twenty fifth birthday, and I'm not having that this time. So sorry, it ruined your travel plans, Mikey. Oh my! So sorry, this worldwide pandemic really screwed you over. <laughs> Yes. Um, <laughs> Sophie, always a pleasure. I now I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing you before the Villa game because I'll be up there for yes. that as well. So, so did you yeah, notice so you, you got a promotion, by the way? You got a promotion Me? to Sophie Champions League today. 
Oh, yeah. Basically, wow, when, really? you type, when you type in at SOC to start typing in Soccer Diva, it comes up with the Champions League at the start. And I think we I clicked too soon. The <laughs> oh, I haven't heard that theme tune in a long, long time. That's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, his first tweet about the show was, we're, we're welcomed by Albert, by Mike, and Sophie, so, Sophie uh, Champions League. I'm like, <laughs> You know, when we were in it, I always said, like, I'll walk my, when I get married, I'll walk down the aisle to the Champions League theme tune. That's out the door now. It's going to have to be like, it can't even be hot stuff by the Arsenal. Do you remember that song? It, it should be, We Are Staying Up. Yeah, We Are Staying Up. <laughs> I was going to say, You can't. Well, actually, I was thinking of doing the old traditional, What do you think of Tottenham? Don't say it, Mike. <laughs> thing is, I, at mine, because obviously I'm marrying a Charlton fan, like they they try Let's. to claim that London's calling by the clash is a Charlton song, and it's definitely not. Like it's just not. Like <laughs> I, I try to tell Tom, don't marry an addict. I mean, you you know, you have enough trouble yourself. Don't marry an addict. Yeah. Oh, Do you remember Charlton like. though? Those were the days. They were a good Rose, team at one Rose point. Rose now now she yeah. longs for the FA Thanks. Cup draws where she might see Arsenal get Charlton. <laughs> and they never do. <laughs> they Poor never, Charlton. Van Persie ruined them. Sorry, I stepped on your exit, Sophie. So, let, so please, I'm sorry. Oh, no, yeah. no. It's fine. You, no, let's get to Albert. Let's let let's oh, Albert. Yes, chatbots, can we have a massive, massive round of theoretical applause for Albert on his debut? Fantastic words. And uh, it certainly won't be the last time that you see him. Thank you, Albert. Really appreciate your time. No, thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. Nice to meet Sophie finally. Mike, two days in a row, we'll try to do a hat trick. We'll try to do a hat trick. And uh, and by that, by that point, you better be a member of Tom's uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> none of you are. Like, none of you three are members. Just put it that oh, there. <laughs> I'm subscribed, though. Oh, Sorry, gosh. You have I'm to check out data, Tom, Mike and Albert. <laughs> That's all right. Tom hasn't uh, bought our Patreon yet either. So uh, I mean, yeah. what's the minimum price on your? I think Patreon? it's it's nine nine ninety nine a month, and and, and that, I don't mean nine point nine nine. I mean nine hundred and ninety nine dollars. Yeah, I have no idea how to monetize any of this stuff. So yeah. Well, we're just gonna sit at the Tollington before the Leicester game, with the, you know, with the, or before the uh, Villa game, and just set up a table. I monetize so I can eliminate. <laughs> yes, yes. Tom, by the way, I'm loving reading your stuff in Football Thank London. You. Um, you're doing a fantastic job. Keep yeah. doing what you believe in. Nice. Don't listen to the haters. You're smashing it. And what hey, you've done with this channel is The amazing. one hater. So you have a hater, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I honestly, I um, there's a funny story. I don't, have you both got time for this, or do you need to jump off? I'm good. No, we got time. I was just in my I, pajamas before. I was pitching the idea, and I, I don't think FL are going to go for it. But I was pitching the idea of like doing like a an inside job, an undercover job on on like social media abusers, where I have like a, a separate account where I DM people that I noticed that are like abusing journalists and trying to get kind of why do you do it? Like, what why? And so, um, for, excuse the words that I'm going to use. Um, someone called me a retard for having an opinion uh, that was different to theirs surrounding Ozil and, and Erdogan. And so I messaged them saying, do you have a second, first of all? And they said that they did. Um, and so I said, like, why Why did you feel like it was okay to like to just tweet someone about an opinion? And they were said, and their reply was, wait, calling someone a retard is abusive? Question mark was the first thing they said. And I was like, okay, I can kind of see where this is going. But it gets better because I was like, okay, like, I'm not going to bite here. I'm just going to continue on the level-headed train that I try, carried on through this conversation. 
in which I said, okay, look, what did you think the angle of the piece about Erdogan was? Which, for those who haven't read it, it was a piece about how Erdogan's pressing against Norwich showed why Mikel Arteta has moved away from Ozil, who isn't the type to say press in the final third mm. and press the back line, whereas Erdogan is. And so that was the only point. It wasn't about Ozil's worse than Erdogan or anything like that. It was just about that specific thing. And they basically sent a load of statistics about how Ozil is better defensively than Erdogan. It's like, look, the, the funny thing is that the stats that you've sent me all prove that Erdogan presses more and tackles more in the final third. And they were like, but the difference was about 1.57 in favour of Erdogan in the specific area that I'm covering. And so when I pointed that out, they went, well, it's only 1.57 in his favour. Now I'm like, you can't, you can't win. You just categorically There's only one person I know that likes to lose win. an argument less than Tom. Tom will keep going. And there's only one person that hates it. A lot better, a lot better. Like I now either have two. Now you agree to do one, yes, yeah, because you that's learned the one of them. You one is the, just to go. Look, I agree to disagree. You, right? you <laughs> learned the agree to disagree thing that John always and, talks about. So. And the thing is, I do that for two reasons. One, because it annoys the hell out of Drew, and I love it. I love how much it annoys. Agree Drew, to disagree, Drew. basically. Agree to disagree I know I'm right. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> And the second reason is because it saves me so much time. Like I, you're, I know the person I'm talking to is not going to change their mind. You're not saying anything that's going to make me change my mind. So I'm just going to say, let's agree to disagree. Because <laughs> what's the point? There's no point. And then the other, the other let, one, let, me, let me give you a piece of advice, Tom, uh, because I've always. been married as long as you've been alive. Uh, don't use that with G. I don't. I, I use don't, the one don't start. to my next don't, seven days. Don't agree to disagree. <laughs> agree to whatever she says. Yes, I, and I certainly do my best. That's what my, my mother-in-law always says. Um, the famous saying is, just go along to get along. Sometimes, pick your battles. go along to get along. Yeah, and my, one of my favourite all-time signings, which I used a lot when I was working at Fox and Sony Pictures, is, is to is this the mountain I want to die on today? Because those come up a lot, you know. As all of us have done podcasts, like we know that we've said opinions on shows a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, that if we look back on now, we would like, why on earth did you say that? Like that's now you think that you were such a moron to say that opinion because it now with hindsight, it looks really silly. But look, at the end of the day, Sophie, thank you so much for that comment. I really appreciate it. And and to everyone that was posted, I've got some really nice messages from from people that are in the industry and not Always. in the industry. It was great. So thank you for that. Um, but yes, uh, Albert, Mike, Sophie, thank you ever so much uh, for your time this evening. If you want to continue watching uh, Sophie, you can do over on Lee Judges TV. Mike, are you uh, are you on there as well? Yes, Mike's going to be there too. So make sure you can't get rid of this guy. Albert, are you coming? You should come with us. <laughs> uh, uh, Albert, I'm going to find a way to get Albert on my stream. Like, like he's sitting right next to me. It's <laughs> an inception stream. I'm going to get Albert on next week. I'll have him as my green screen, basically. <laughs> this, this next show is going to be Albert in the background. On <laughs> Albert's face right behind me. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so good. At all. Um, I'll sneak it on one of the Football London streams, just Albert's face. <laughs> <laughs> that's called polishing oh a turd, by the way. Just imagine the email I'd get from my boss the next day like, whose face was that on the stream? <laughs> I don't know, but here's the email. Now. Here's the email you need to speak to this guy called Mike at Gooners Podcast. Yes. Yes. I was hacked. Mike hacked me. Yes. That's what it was. I was hacked, and I could tell you exactly who did it. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Anyway, lastly, one more thank you, and that's to you guys in the chat box. Members, non-members, all of you. I don't care what you Former are. Former members, future members. Before. 
Yes, future yeah. members. That's what we have. We just have non-members and future members. Yeah. That's all we have. That's all That's there the is. Re-establish, re-establish members. And re-establish members. <laughs> yes, Raptors. He's the, he's the Flamini uh, of members. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Absolutely. Thank you ever so much, guys, for tuning in. Please do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel. If you are new around here, go follow Lee Judges TV live in about seven minutes' time, and you can find us back in the morning at 8 a.m. as well. Albert, quickly, you've got your own channel. Shout it out. I have, Tom. Thank you for the plug. I do feel privileged now. But, yes, Albert <laughs> JTV, Arsenal stuff. I like to talk a little bit of sense. So, um, hopefully, you'll come and subscribe, people. Absolutely. You can find Love Mike it. at Laguna's Pods and you can find Sophie at the Highbury Squad. In fact, I had a very nice message from a certain Mr. Campbell today uh, and I'm very much looking forward to collabing with him very soon. So, uh, Oh, I know what that's that. about. Oh, nice. I think the collaborations are coming yes. down the pike on various channels. Yes. It's, uh, yes. There's a lot going on in the There's podcast. a lot going on in the world a good of one. Arsenal. Mm. I love Mr. it. Absolutely. We will see you tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. It's been an absolute pleasure and as always, up the Arsenal. Oh crap, where's the button gone? <laughs>